Hello, my lovely listeners. Welcome back to Becoming That Girl. I'm your host, Julia Wolf. This is episode nine, which is going to be all about the five love languages you do know and the five you don't. Let's get started. So I took Gary Chapman's five love languages quiz and I got 29% physical touch, 26% words of affirmation, 16% acts of service, 16% of receiving gifts, and 13% of quality time. Those are the five love languages that everyone, well, pretty much everyone knows and is like familiar with. I'm going to go through each one of them and explain a little bit more behind each love language and then I'm going to explain to you from research that I found on Google the five love languages that you probably don't know because I didn't even know them until what yesterday anyways let's get started so physical touch So, according to the website, fivelovelanguages.com, Gary writes that physical touch, this language isn't about the bedroom. A person whose primary language is physical touch is not surprisingly very touchy. Hugs, pats on the back, holding hands, thoughtful touches on the arm, shoulder, or face, They can all be ways to show excitement, concern, care, and love towards that person. So physical presence and accessibility are crucial, while neglect and abuse can be unforgivable and destructive. Physical touch fosters a sense of security and belonging in any relationship. I think that's very important Um, especially as, um, physical touch being my most, um, highly rated one, I guess. I don't know. Um, but it's really not all about the bedroom. It's like hugs and, um, that like holding your cheek when you kiss them type thing. Like, it's the cute little stuff. The, like, holding hands when you're in the grocery store, you know? Okay, so that was physical touch. Here's what the website says about words of affirmation. Actions don't always speak louder than words. If this is your love language, unsolicited compliments mean the world to you. Hearing the words I love you are important. Hearing the reasons behind that love sends your spirit skyward. Insults can leave you shattered and are not easily forgotten, but kind, encouraging, and positive words are truly life-giving. Which is so true because, like, yeah, hearing I love you is nice, you know, but after two years of saying I love you, I want to know, like, the reasons behind that. Like, why do you love me? Um, 
what do you love most about me? What do you miss about me when I'm gone? Like, things like that. Just the little thoughts that cross your mind. The person with words of affirmation, love language, they want to hear that. Alright, so this is what the website says about acts of service. Can vacuuming the floors really be an expression of love? Absolutely. Anything you do to ease the burden of responsibilities weighing on an acts of service person will speak volumes. The words he or she most want to hear are, let me do that for you. Laziness, broken commitments, and making more work for them tells speakers of this language their feelings don't matter. Finding ways to serve speaks volumes to the recipient of these acts. So basically like, hey, let me cook dinner for you since you always cook dinner for me. Hey, let me, let me do the laundry while you play your video game, you know? That's what acts of service people want to hear. That's how they feel most loved. Alright, now on to receiving gifts. This is what the website says. Don't mistake this love language for materialism. The receiver of gifts thrives on the love, thoughtfulness, and effort behind the gift. If you speak this language, the perfect gift or gesture shows that you are known, you are cared for, and you are prized above whatever was sacrificed to bring that gift to you. A missed birthday, anniversary, or a hasty, thoughtless gift could be disastrous. So would the absence of everyday gestures. Gifts are visual representations of love and are treasured greatly. Now remember this one when I'm talking about the next five because it's similar to one of them, but it's kind of just got its own separate differences, you know? Anyways, so quality time. This is the last one of the five that you know. This is what the website says. In the vernacular of quality time, nothing says I love you like full undivided attention. Being there for this type of person is critical, but really being there with the TV off, fork and knife down, and all chores and tasks on standby makes your significant other feel truly special and loved. Distractions, postponed dates, or the failure to listen can be especially hurtful. Quality time also means sharing quality conversation and quality activities. Wow, right? So quality time is more or less undivided attention where someone, the person whose love language is quality time, they feel heard and 
seen and like really recognized when someone is truly listening to them. So those are the five love languages you do know. But here's why there are five other love languages you might not know. So the original five that I just explained and went through, these are all based on the love languages of neurotypicals. So people who don't have ADHD, who don't have high-functioning autism, who don't have BPD, who don't have OCD, you know? So in order to really make sure that everyone is heard and myself is heard because I am high-functioning autistic and ADHD, so... I, these are my love languages, you know? So here we go, here we go. Um, so I found this on a light Google search on the topic high functioning autistic love languages because I saw something on Instagram that said that the love languages for neurodivergence are different than the ones for neurotypicals and that just makes so much sense to me so I had to find out what they were. So I found this article, by, this is a quote from his website, actually autistic parent and retired tech worker, equity literate education, respectfully connected parenting, passion-based learning, indie ed tech, neurodiversity, social model of disability, design for real life, inclusion, open web, open source, he, they. So his pronouns are he, they, um, and their name is Ryan Boren, B-O-R-E-N, in case you wanted to look up this article. So Ryan goes on in the article to say, and I'm quoting him here, an emotional bid, an emotional bid is when we do something to signal that we want attention and connection. Emotional bids are central to every kind of relationship, romantic, social, and professional. So bids are purposefully subtle um, and he says this is because people are afraid to be vulnerable and make themselves out there. It's scary to say, hey, I want to connect, pay attention to me. So instead, we ask a question or tell a story or offer our hand for connection. We hope we'll receive a connection in return, but if not, it's less scary than pleading, connect with me, please. Here is a revolutionary quote from a tweet by the user Myth, um, also known as at NeuroWonderful on Twitter. The myth says, the five neurodivergent love languages are info dumping, parallel play, support swapping, please crush my soul back into my body, 
and I found this cool rock, button, leaf, etc. and thought if you would like it. So I'm going to go through each and every one of those and explain um, based on the tweet explanations that Myth or at Neuro Wonderful um, posted. So Myth says, Info dumping is talking about an interest or passion of yours and thus sharing information usually in detail and at length. Parallel play is some some people call this being alone together as in when you're both reading your own books in the same room or one person is doing a puzzle while another plays a video game etc just existing together counts too support swapping myth says I don't know if this is a widely used term. I used it to mean when neurodivergent people accommodate or support each other. Like if I remind my friend to hydrate and they ask me if I've taken my meds, or a friend helps me write an email and later I help them with homework. Examples like that. And then, please crush my soul back into my body. Is deep pressure input good? Provides proprioceptive input and can soothe body stress responses. Although, always get consent. And then, I found this cool rock button leaf, etc. and thought you would like it. It's unconventional gift giving sharing things that are valuable or interesting to you as a, as a sign of affection or giving someone something you know that they are interested in and yes memes do count okay so i'm going to go into even more depth of um, what Ryan goes on to say in his article. Ryan says, quote, It is considered a sign of caring and friendship to encourage someone to talk about their special interest or spin, whether or not you actually share that interest, because nothing makes an autistic person happier than discussing, learning about, or sharing about their spin, special interest. Care work makes all other work possible, putting care, not just care work, but care at the center of our economy, our politics, is to orient ourselves around our interdependence. It is also quite acceptable in autistic culture to info dump on a topic whenever it happens to come up to autistics and insider shorthand for autistic people the sharing of knowledge and information is always welcome we enjoy parallel play and shared activities that don't require continual conversation when we talk it gets deep quickly we discuss what's real our struggle our struggles, fears, desires, obsessions, we appreciate a good info dump. 
But this one part that Ryan says just really resonates with me. He says, quote, Having a special interest is like having a crush or being newly in love. It is consuming and delightful. We love to share our special interests and a common example. And there's no such thing as oversharing. We swap same stories, sharing a time when we felt similarly in our own life, not as a competition, but to reflect how well we were listening to each other. Ryan goes on to say, quote, Many people with ADHD find it easier to stay focused on housework, homework, bill paying, and other tasks when someone else is around to keep them company. The body double may just sit there quietly. He may read, listen to music on headphones, or work on the task that the person, the ADHD, the person with ADHD is working on. Hard work is simply more fun when someone else is nearby. And I think that's like really true because I, I actually FaceTime my sister in order to help get my work done or my projects done that I'm working on and like whatever art thing that I've decided to create, um, I will FaceTime her and we won't talk the whole time. Sometimes it'll be more silence than talking, but it's just nice to have a body double there to just, I'm not really sure, honestly, it just makes it easier. So Ryan says, quote, solidarity, not charity. So we're not looking for pity. We're not looking for charity. We're looking for solidarity. Like, say that you've got our back. Like, show that you've got our back. So we've discussed body doubling, which is another term for parallel play. Um, or even support swapping a little bit, um, could be explained by body doubling, but spoon sharing is more accurate to what support swapping really is. So, Ryan goes on to say, why is spoon share helpful? Bullet point one, interdependence acknowledges that our survival is bound up together, that we are interconnected and what you do impacts others. If this pandemic has done nothing else, it has illuminated how understanding and support gives opportunity to help and care. Bullet point number two, direct support in community within a community. It is much easier to practice asking, offering, receiving, and declining among people who get it. So to go in more depth about um, please crush my soul back into my body, 
um, or pressure play. Um, there's the, there was this quote on, in the article that Ryan said, and it just, it really resonated with me, and I'm going to share it with you now. He says, but I'm tortured because whilst I because whilst I do not want to make a scene or have strangers adding to the overload and overwhelm, I'm simultaneously desperate for someone to give me a massive, firm bear hug to hide me, cocoon me, and shield me from the shock waves that travel from their universe into mine. Like, how beautiful is that? Oh my gosh, like, hide me, cocoon me, and shield me from the shock waves that travel from their universe to mine. Like, how amazing. It's just so beautiful, I think. And it just sums it up. Like, how intense of a hug we want. Like, give it your all. Squeeze as much as you can. Like, I'm the last little bit of the toothpaste in the end of the tube. Anyways, on to Penguin Pebbling, which is, I found you this cool rock button leaf, etc., and thought you would like it. So Penguin Pebbling is our way of saying, I thought about you today, I remember this thing about you, here's something I want to share with you specifically. Send a little thinking of you pebble. It helps. Did you know that penguins give pebbles to other penguins to show that they care? Penguin pebbling gets back to special interests or spins, both inviting people into yours and encouraging others. Spins are a trove for unconventional gift giving. So penguin pebbling is the neurodivergence version of gift giving, right? So it's not so much as like a present that was bought for you, but more of like, hey, I found this cool rock and thought you would really like it because I know you like cool rocks. It's like that. Ryan goes on to say, a lot of relationship difficulties for folks are, who are neurodiverse come from misunderstandings of intent, misunderstandings of action, or feelings of inadequacy and anxiety. Right? Like, misunderstandings of intent, of action, of feelings of in- inadequate inadequacy, and anxiety. Wow. I think this is especially important to remember in relationships between people who are neurodiverse and neurotypical. So one person in the couple is neurodiverse and the other person in the couple is neurotypical. I feel like these misunderstandings, especially misunderstandings of action and intent, as well as the inadequacy and anxiety, are very 
like very important and like just on like Ryan gets it if you know you know wow you guys that was a lot like just take a deep breath with me oh yeah that was a good podcast episode all right my lovely listeners i will see you or talk to you next time bye